0: What's going on, folks? My Take Radio episode 111 for Wednesday, October 12th, 2011. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter II's Frets of Fury, and the artist was Vertex Guy. You can download that and any of the other previously used intro music at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number is 347 324 3541. Alright, there's a lot of housekeeping, even though it's a the show's a day early, a lot of stuff going on. So much to discuss. First off, audio issues out the ass. Not stuff that you guys have seen, but just internally. And I wanted to let you guys know what the deal was with that. What happened was I my, my broadcast setup is usually a mixer and a Yeti Pro microphone via XLR. Plug a couple of things into the mixer for sound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, to I could try and give you guys a better presentation. And I noticed that I decided to upgrade the gear, sell my old mixer and buy a brand new one from a company called Behringer. And I expected that the show's quality would improve. What it turns out has been happening is that my blue microphone has been having crackling issues. There were times where I would not even be recording, and it almost sounded like there was a ghost on the line. It was really, really creepy shit, and I was worried about it, but what can you do? I mean, it wasn't annoying to the point where you guys heard it, but I would hear it, and... After speaking to MediaCast guy on Twitter, uh, Mike, and he really walked me through it. Mike is a sound engineer. He does a couple of shows, and he's been a great assist in tightening up the audio, tightening up the sound of the show, and uh, the help he's provided has been immeasurable. And, you know, I definitely got to give him a shout-out. So we did some troubleshooting. I took it upon myself to go and pick up a a Alesis MultiMix 8 mixer. So now we're on two mixers. Tested the mic on both mixers, same crackling ghost in the machine type of an issue. Went to Sam Ash, took the Blue Yeti there, they checked it out, they told me it was the mic, I have an RMA with Blue, I'm going to send it back to them. So right now, I am actually using a Samson mic from Target, some cheapo shit I got for 20 bucks, but the sound is very clear, I'm enjoying it, the only thing I don't like is that it tends to pick up a lot of ambient noise so if i were to start typing or using the mouse you guys are going to hear it which for the time being until i get all these little issues resolved i apologize but you will tend to hear some typing and some clicking so i apologize for that and moving around on my desk as well but i think we got the audio stuff settled Um, we had some issues with libsyn as well based on using way too much storage which were remedying by encoding the show in a smaller file size and all technical shit i don't want to bore you guys with but needless to say it's been a huge 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 pain in my fucking ass and the other issue i've been having as well is just trying to get uh sound clips played after a lot of testing with slick on skype etc i've realized that any music that has you know guitar riffs shit like that just sounds awful i don't know why it just happens it sounds terrible and that tends to be another concern of mine as well so we're gonna remedy that in the coming weeks trying to give you guys just extra sound clips give it a little bit more of a professional vibe i I will tell you that any shows that i've done for the beyond the mic and behind the mic series are completely different because they're not live so i'm not at the mercy of having to deal with blog talk radio and all their excessive shenanigans on the contrary i only have to concern myself with the fact that all i gotta do is basically record whatever i'm doing on skype and then take it from there modify it and edit it accordingly and before you know it we got ourselves some dynamite sound now the big problem with that is that obviously you guys lose out on the live component of the show but using the Mixler service, which I'm actually using to simulcast a show to our Facebook fan page listeners, it opens up a an opportunity for me to be able to actually simulcast any interviews we do for Beyond the Mic, which for, for some reason I think would be really cool just to not do a completely live show, but allow you guys to hear the interview in process, which is still going to be exclusive to Stitcher and iOS app users, but nonetheless, at least you guys can hear a live broadcast so we're going to be testing that out i have two interviews set up for next week i'm not going to give you guys any details yet but it's going to be a little different it's going to go into the the video game world but not in the way that you normally would expect especially because we're going to focus on two different sites ran by two different groups of talented ladies that just approach video games a little differently than most uh female gaming sites do and i'm sure a lot of guys are going to get a kick out of it and they're going to get a few laughs and i'm sure some people will be annoyed with what we're going to do but you know what i do the show for the listeners my way and if you don't like it you don't listen simple as that skip the skip that particular bonus episode that's all i have to say handle was supposed to be joining me this evening unfortunately he has been having internet problems for most of the day today so slick is here but not here. He is here uh listening probably via his phone, but he is not in the chat. So if anybody wants to talk to Slick, he is not in the chat, but I'm sure he will hit one if he wants to get on the air. I'm just going to have to jump back and forth. So again, you guys are going to hear some clicking. Um the only other things I wanted to get out of the way on the housekeeping side of things were the forums which I've discussed for the last couple of weeks we've been on the fence about keeping the forums I am going to leave the forums active until January. Hopefully, we can make some improvements and some adjustments to get more listeners in there and get more conversation going. If not, it's an evolving medium. So, you know, worst case, I'll, I'll kill the forum and maybe at some point if, if enough people want it again, I'll bring it back. But um, probably January 1st, if it doesn't improve or get to where it needs to be, then I will officially kill the forum. Our Facebook fan page, on the other hand, is doing exceptionally well. I want to welcome all the new fans. We are almost at 1,600 fans. My goal is to have at least 2,000 fans before the year is out. And, of course, if we surpass that, that it's great. Um, But until then, we're just going to keep trudging along. Make sure to continue to recommend us to your friends and anybody else that enjoys video games, movies, mixed martial arts, and pro wrestling. And we're going to try and do some more comic stuff. I'm sure you've been seeing it on the site, and we're going to try and do some more tech stuff as well. More on the air than on the site, just because on the site it's going to happen regardless. But we're going to try and go into some things on the air. Um, The Beyond the Mic series is going to help us out with that as well. So be on the lookout for more comic and tech stuff, especially now that we are working with Marvel on a consistent basis. You guys have been seeing some of the releases and the art and all the cool stuff there giving us that we can share with you guys and that's hopefully going to continue next up on the list is probably going to be dc we're going to start working on establishing a partnership with dc and getting some stuff from them some press releases and some shit so be on the lookout for that as well after comic-con the week of the 24th we are doing the brawling for boobies community gaming event taking place on xbox live the page for that is live you can actually go to the the site and see it on there it's actually a sticky on the site and you know like i said it last week when i announced it you can actually participate in the event but you're gonna have to donate or you can just donate to help out either way it's not mandatory that you have to play but it would be welcome now some people have been asking what games are being scheduled and i'm just gonna run it down real quick even though the announcement is on the front page I'll run it down again. On October 24th, it's gonna be Mortal Kombat, October 25th, it's gonna be EA MMA, October 26th, it's gonna be Marvel vs. Capcom 3, October 27th, we're gonna have UFC Undisputed and EA MMA, it's gonna be a twofer. And on the 28th, we're gonna do another twofer with Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online. So those are gonna be the games like i said just a a minimum five dollar donation to participate make sure to put your gamer tag in the donation form so we know who you are and we can cross-reference it and you know we're just doing our part to raise awareness for breast cancer but also to unite uh two diverse two different and and unique fan bases that being mixed martial arts and video games which are a lot more alike than most people tend to think there are a lot of gamers that um are professional fighters there are a lot of professional fighters that classify themselves uh, classify themselves as gamers and we just want to bring those two audiences together and apply those energies to a greater good if you want further details just head over to mytakeradio.com it is the first article it is a sticky on the site and you can get more information there is also a link there for the susan coleman page where you can go and donate all money on all money raised and all proceeds go straight to Susan Coleman. Nobody's handling your money. So if that's a concern to any of you, because I'm sure some of you have gotten bitten in the ass before. I, I've been one of those people. Rest assured, your money is going straight to the source. It's going right to Susan Coleman, and it's for a great cause. So make sure to head over to my take to check that out. Also, um this weekend while well, starting tomorrow which is partly the reason why we are doing the show today is the new york comic con mtr will be there thursday friday saturday and possibly sunday we're still weighing that out if you're in the new york area and you're going to be attending comic con just look for us on the show floor uh we were supposed to get shirts done that was a complete clusterfuck because of a multitude of reasons but we will not have shirts unfortunately i wish we did so you can find us easily, but some of you that know me will be able to find me. Some of you that have seen me on Facebook know what I look like, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff at Comic-Con, including an event that's going to be taking place Friday evening. And that's going to be uh, us, uh, the crew from SFX 360, Kona's Corner, Gamer Fit Nation, and our partners at Unveil are actually going to be having a Comic-Con party the that friday evening it's going to be taking place at studio 21 at 59 west 21st and 6th avenue the doors for the event are going to open at 11 p.m till 4 a.m my suggestion is get there a little early it's going to be a ten dollar cover charge with regard to dress code dress shirts or jackets please no baggy shit no mc hammer pants no sneakers Just just trendy. Just dress like a grown up, you know, some straight fit jeans, maybe some loafers or some shoes and a button down shirt. Everybody has a pair of dark jeans. Don't come in there dressed like a hobo and you'll be able to hang out with the MTR crew, the crew from SFX, Unveil, Kona's Corner and Gamer Fit Nation. That's going to be happening Friday night. As of right now, there's a ton of panels we plan to attend. There's a, a shitload of video. I've been trying to get gear packed and travel arrangements made, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm letting you guys know right now, if you're really picky about your Facebook timelines, just, you know, check out the fan page directly. That way, you know, if you got to hide something or you feel that we are overwhelming you with too much content, just head over to the fan page. We're going to be putting content there. We are going to try and post stuff live on the site while we're there. I have no idea what Wi-Fi and Internet look like at the Javits. I've heard you got to pay for it. I've heard you don't have to pay for it. I heard the press room has it. I heard it doesn't have it. Who the fuck knows at this point? But we're going to at least try and get photos on the fan page. And for those of you that I'm friends with personally, there'll be pictures on my personal page as well. We're also going to try and put stuff up on Twitter as best as we can. Like I said, we are at the mercy of whatever is afforded to us. If not, you'll be seeing all that stuff on MyTakeRadio.com every evening after the shows are over. Also, the Get Glue, we're almost at 100 check-ins. Please continue to support us via Get Glue. We are in the process of still finalizing stickers, but you will be getting stickers to acknowledge your support of MTR. So be on the lookout for the Yeah Man sticker, the Black Rage sticker, you know, all the stuff you know and love and all the references from the show. Uh, we may even get a, a WTF movie news sticker, which it would be nice. I just got to figure out if anybody would get offended. But we're working out the particulars for that. There are no guests this week. Obviously, it's going to be a shorter show since we are missing some content. But it's going to be chock full of what the fuck movie news. And lastly, we got some new articles from myself. that's my phone telling me that somebody sent me a twitter message why is that not on silent who knows but this my friends is the beauty of doing shit live but uh as i was saying there are no guests this week we got new articles from myself i'm still doing the 31 days of horror feature you'll be able to check out all these different horror movies that i've watched over the years that i enjoy and would like to share with you guys i also posted an article today about some of my favorite masked wrestlers from you know wcw tna japan wwe guys that you know even though Rey mysterio and Cara are household names and guys you all know and love they weren't the first guys to don a mask and perform in front of a crowd here in the united states there's been countless others and some of which you guys may have never even heard of so definitely Stop by mytakeradio.com and check that out. MTR Beyond the Mic, we did last with Mike Kingston from the Headlocked Comic. You can learn more about that by heading to headlockedcomic.com. I think Mike is going to be at Comic Con as well. So hopefully we can get some cool stuff there and give it to you, the listeners. So we'll see how that goes. Lastly, obviously you can get My Take Radio on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio. Blueberry, uh, Podbean, Zune Marketplace, all the typical podcast domains, you can find MTR there. You can also listen to MTR by heading over to iTunes and picking up our app. It's $1.99. You can also pick it up on the Android Marketplace or the Amazon Marketplace for cheaper than a cup of coffee. That gives you access to our MTR Behind and Beyond the Mic special features. We also give you guys wallpapers when, when we can and exclusive content to keep you guys happy. So pick that up for $1.99. If you don't want to load your phone with MP3s or any more apps, you can also listen to MTR on the Stitcher network. You can download the Stitcher app and stream MTR for free. Now, the cool thing with Stitcher is that if you sign up now when you get when you get the app and you go to Stitcher.com mytake, M-Y-T-A-K-E, you'll actually be eligible to win yourself a $100 gift card courtesy of MTR and Stitcher. Just head over to MyTakeRadio, uh, to stitcher.com slash MyTake, enter MyTake in the promo code, and you will automatically be entered. Winners will be chosen randomly. I have no control over it. That's straight from Stitcher themselves. So if you want to get yourself a $100 gift card and you want to listen to MTR, Stitcher is another way to do it uh i think that's pretty much it i think uh if i left anything out i apologize i'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants because my notes aren't complete so if shit gets left out we will return to a regularly scheduled program next week tonight we're going to talk ufc 136 we're going to talk a little bit about monday night raw we also have some what the fuck movie news we have a couple of, uh, of video game news that squeezed themselves out between last thursday and today i would have talked about the ultimate fighter but it just finished and i have i I didn't finish watching the episode because i had show prep so we will be skipping this episode obviously but if you want to figure you want to learn more about what happens just head over to spike tv or head over to our friends at mma valor they do a really great job recapping every episode of the ultimate fighter and you can get your information there as well i think that's it the only other thing i did want to discuss and this is partly opening monologue partly just our itinerary for tomorrow and a couple of tips for those of you that are attending comic-con this weekend uh comic-con tomorrow is open uh for professionals at 10 a.m if you are a member of the press please do yourself a favor get there early to pick up your press passes Press Day is from 3 p.m. till 7 p.m. on uh well tomorrow I should say. It's from 3 to 7. Um is it from 3 to 7? Shit. I think it's 4 to 7. Either way, if it's at 4, get there at 3. If it's at 3, get there at 2 so you can get your badges. Friday it's from 10 a.m. to 7. Saturday it's 10 a.m. to 7. Sunday it's 10 to 5. Countless panels. Make sure if you are working the show floor, you get the New York Comic Con app. It's free. You'll be able to get the map, sign up for some panels, and make sure that all that stuff is added to your itinerary. Now, in terms of some Comic-Con survival tips I want to throw out there for those of you that are attending and are first-timers, please, 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 please. Number one, dress for the weather. They are not doing check-in inside the venue. They are doing check-in outside the venue unless you are a member of the press or a professional. Make sure to go to whatever colored gates they want you to go to. If you're supposed to go to the yellow gate, don't take your dumb ass and try to cut through and go through the red gate. Your ass will get yelled at. That's number one. It's supposed to rain this week. Wear some some rain gear. Make sure you're not fucking drenched. Because besides the fact that Comic-Con is always clowned for having a bunch of smelly bastards, you don't want to be a wet, smelly bastard to boot smelling like a wet dog and 17 sumo wrestlers in a sauna please don't do that make sure you dress for the elements you shower if you if you skip a shower or two please for for your fellow comic for your fellow comic-con attendees wash your ass carry some deodorant bring some baby powder with you and a couple of wipes know that there are going to be various people there famous cosplayers your favorite artists don't walk around being all touchy-feely with any girls in cosplay. Not Number one, it makes you look super desperate. Number two, you end up looking like a fucking creep. So please, save yourself the aggravation and conduct yourselves accordingly. If you see a celebrity or an artist you don't like, don't automatically run up to them, Yo, man, you fucking suck. Number one, it makes you look like a silly fanboy. Number two, you'll probably get escorted out. Number three, said artist or celebrity or whomever else may just take it upon themselves to whoop your ass. So please, save yourselves that aggravation. The other thing, if you're going to go and buy a ton of shit, save yourselves the aggravation. And if it's something you must have, by all means, pick it up. But if it's not, put it off till Sunday. You'll get a better deal. People don't want to take shit back with them. You'll save some money. Get that handled. Eat before you get there. Because there's a couple of food trucks and everything over there is not as high quality as people are, are led to believe. There's a couple of places where you can bag pizza for a dollar. There's a couple of restaurants that there are passable but with the Comic-Con crowd are going to be super packed. So do yourself a favor. If you're a member of the press, remember, get there early. Stuff your face before you get there. If you are driving in like me, do your research, see if you can get some coupons, save some money on parking. Don't do like we did last year and park across the street from the venue, because number one, they're fucking shysters, number two, they're punk bitches, and number three, it's 50 bucks. So save yourself that. Don't do it. If you have to do something and and you're a coffee freak, you know, wait till... Uh, there are lulls on the show floor and go and get your Starbucks fix or make your way outside and go to a venue outside to get coffee because those lines are going to get incredibly long food in the cafeteria downstairs is suspect slick can attest to that slick went there with aunt last year and uh it didn't go according to plan so please do your homework that's all i gotta say with regards to that lastly um Oh, if you're picking up books, take a couple of bags and boards with you. You don't want to t- buy a loose comic, throw it in your book bag, toss it in there with some posters and keychains and key fobs and shit. And that book that you were pining for ends up becoming a shredded piece of shit. A couple of bags and boards go a long way. You can get them fairly cheap. Wander around the show floor. Some books are already bagged, you know, bagged and boarded. If they're not, like I said, bring some with you. If you're buying any art or any posters, please account for poster tubes. You can probably pick them out throughout the show and you can probably get bags that you can, that you can put posters in. My poster collecting days are over because there are way too many posters and not enough space on my walls. But if you're into that sort of thing, you can always get a lot of free posters. Lastly, if you are going to check out any panels or you are paying for any of the exclusive ones like Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, um... And any of the major panels like Walking Dead, The Avengers, make sure you set alerts on your phones to get there early because as soon as that is filled, you will get shut out. And if you're there solely to see Chris Evans or to meet uh, Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones or to try and get Stanley's autograph or to meet Todd McFarlane like I did, do your homework, scout, read, use the apps and you'll be fine. Lastly learn the locations of the bathrooms because nothing is worse than being on one side of the show floor and needing to take a dump so save yourself that save yourself the trouble scout the areas learn where the bathrooms are and frankly if you do got to take a dump go someplace else because those bathrooms start off clean but by three o'clock four o'clock it looks like a csi crime scene so just a a couple a couple of tips to help you survive comic-con weekend if you are attending. If you're not, you can check out our coverage and countless other sites, and Marvel.com is probably going to be streaming some stuff as well. All right, that wraps it up. Monologue out of the way. We got to get some MMA started. Let's do it. This past weekend, we were treated to UFC 136: Edgar versus Maynard and Aldo versus Florian. The card was stacked from start to finish. A lot of enjoyable fights. By now, you guys already know what's happened. I'm not going to uh, pick. You know, I'm not going to run through the entire card, but I am going to pick a couple of solid fights. Uh, first off, on the Spike TV side of things, Anthony Pettis and Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens was a fantastic match. Stevens looked really good in the first round. Uh he managed to score two takedowns on Pettis, but Pettis came back in the second and the third, and, and he secured himself the split decision. Very impressive performance from Pettis, but Jeremy Stevens, as always, stepped his game up, showed he can bang with the re- with the best of them, and delivered a solid a solid fight on Spike TV. Damian Maya and Jorge Santiago, I expected to go to the ground with a sub, with a nice submission victory particularly for maya that was not the case maya ended up securing the victory via unanimous decision let's move into the pay-per-view side of things uh the young assassin melvin gallard was facing joe lazan um i i really like both guys some sometimes i have a love-hate relationship with joe lazan uh, for a couple of different reasons but solid fight i expected melvin gallard to come in there and handle business the way Melvin Gallard does, but that was not the case. Joe Lazan played the role of spoiler, securing a submission victory with a near a rear naked choke in round one. Moving into the featherweights, Leonard Garcia and Nam Fan having themselves a rematch. Fan looked fantastic for the first two rounds, and the third Garcia started getting uh, getting his second win, started engaging a little bit more. Uh, he actually secured a knockdown on fan but fan did very well he had some really effective striking he looked fantastic and he looks like he's finally hit his stride in the featherweight in the featherweight division so congrats to nam fan unanimous decision victory for him chael sonnen where do i begin with chael sonnen chael sonnen coming off a long layoff was facing brian stan now some people have felt that this fight was the unofficial number one contenders match to challenge Anderson Silva for the belt. Most people felt that that's the way it was going to go. Chael Sonnen came in after a layoff and handled his business. I'm not even kidding. He looked phenomenal in the first round. Phenomenal. Going in for takedowns, being super aggressive, keeping stand against the fence. Um, there was a point where Sonnen... Uh, Was looking for a guillotine. But Stan looked very crisp. But Sonnen was definitely the aggressor. Mind you he was coming off a layoff. In round two. Chael shoots. Uh, Stan tried to sprawl. At which point they ended up against the cage. Sonnen picks Stan up with a huge slam. And got side control. He hit a couple of knees on the body. Setting up an arm triangle. Which he stepped over and boom. Brian Stan taps. Chael Sonnen wins. Post fight. Chael Sonnen cut a WWE style promo that was definitely up there on the shit talking list called Anderson Silva a coward challenged them to a match Super Bowl Saturday with the loser leaving the UFC if, if Anderson Silva lost he would have to leave the division if Chael Sonnen lost he would leave the UFC these are huge stakes I doubt they're really going to go that route but it poses the question now that Dana White is really going to have to look at this closely because this is this has dollar signs written all over it. The amount of shit talking that Chael Sonnen does and just the the way he's, he's getting under Anderson Silva's skin. He went to the point where he actually said that he would want to walk into Anderson Silva's house and slap his wife on the ass. Like, like you're getting into talking about personal shit. Like, yo, I'm going to talk about your wife. Just, just goading Anderson Silva into a confrontation, into a fight. Which, for honestly, a lot of people were complaining. They were like, you know, chel Sonnen's uh, shit talking knows no limits. Uh, ben actually wrote a, a really humorous article about that and about why he hates Chael Sonnen. Do yourselves a favor and check that out. Uh, ben was brutally honest, and I like it. It's a great way to. Uh, introduce himself to the mtr fans and he was his his arguments were on point i'm not going to disagree with it but for me as a wrestling fan what chael sonnen did was perfect that's the only way he's going to get this shot by hyping the fight by proving that he can go in there and take the most dominant fighter and put him on his ass and punch him in the face it's the only way it's going to work so kudos to chael sonnen for you know coming out and cutting a fantastic post-fight interview co-main event jose aldo kenny florian florian looked good i'll tell you that but aldo just looked better ended up securing the victory via unanimous decision now this opens up a couple of things some people were saying that florian would retire if he lost seems to not be the case but what happens to florian now does he drop down to you know 135 does he go up back up to 155 like the problem is and this is something that a lot of people say and Dana White's Dana White's called Kenny Florian a choke artist I wouldn't say he's he's a choke artist I would say that he's just uh trying to I'm not saying he's trying to find an easy way towards getting a title but he's definitely jumping from division to division a little too much and not allowing him his body to adapt I think that cut to 145 was a serious issue um he looked extremely skinny at the weigh-ins and regardless of what they say I felt I always feel that cutting substantial amounts of weight even if you've done it a hundred times can can definitely affect you down the road and in Kenny Florian's case I don't know he looked he looked a little big for for 145 and he just looked not on his game honestly he should stick to fighting at his natural weight if it's 155 it's 155 I think that Florian is an amazing talent but I think that the the hype behind him has gotten to, I guess, give him more moxie than he really should have. Like I said, I respect him. I like the way he fights, but you, you got to pick a division and stick to it. And if I were Dana White, I'd tell him that if he came back and he was like, Dana, man, you know, I'm thinking of going to 135. Like, nah, 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 nah. Stay at 145. Get some more fights under your belt. Earn yourself another title shot and keep it moving. That's it. It's not like they're going to cut him because they're not. Lastly, main event, Frankie Edgar, Gray Maynard. Holy shit. Definitely one of the top fights of 2011. Their their third their third fight, they they you know, they went for broke on this one. It was crazy. Gray Maynard looked redonkulous in the first round, but then in the second Edgar started coming back. Edgar took incredible amounts of punishment. Um, but in the fourth fucking hell edgar came back on, on on some rocky shit caught him caught maynard with a shot that took him down at which point edgar swarmed on him with the ground and pound and the fight was stopped they went four rounds edgar with the victory via tko a fantastic performance from both guys frankie edgar the real deal it's been rumored that gilbert melendez wanted the winner of this fight uh, Menendez is actually defending his belt his belt against Jorge Masvidal before heading to the UFC. I think El Nino and Frankie Edgar would be an awesome fight, and it's a fight I'm definitely looking forward to. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's get into some MMA news. First off, the last couple of weeks, the UFC has been allowing fight fans to vote for the uh, fighter that will be gracing the cover of UFC Undisputed. There were uh, multiple guys on there that definitely deserve to be on the cover. John Jones, GSP, Cain Velasquez, Frankie Edgar, but you know who gets the win and it gets the cover? Anderson Silva will be the latest fighter to get the cover on the UFC video game. Um, they announced, The announcement was made at the UFC Fan Expo in Houston, and uh, Silva won the poll from the fans. It wasn't rigged. There wasn't any kind of shit. Anderson Silva won because people legit voted for him, and... He's a great fighter. The guy hasn't been defeated in the UFC yet. So, he hasn't lost in the UFC, I believe, since 2006. So, congratulations, Anderson Silva. You are on the cover of UFC Undisputed. Now, let's hope that the cover athletes from UFC Undisputed don't suffer from the same issues that the athletes that are on the cover of Madden suffer from. Just some food for thought. Some money was given out post pay-per-view for ufc 136 75 grand ko of the night frankie edgar submission of the night joe lazan fight of the night nam fan and leonard garcia well-deserved bonuses for some really great fights chael sonnen talked a little bit about him in the recap for the fight and of course it wouldn't be chael sonnen without some more post-fight shit talking uh number one When asked about wanting a rematch with Anderson Silva, he said, I am the middleweight champion. I defended my championship tonight for the first time, and I'm willing to give Anderson a shot at the true belt, the linear belt, the people's belt for the best damn middleweight there's ever been. When asked about the odds of a potential rematch, he said, as far as Anderson goes, we're playing for keeps this time. I've had it with this guy. He's probably had it with me. So let's just figure this thing out once and for all. You heard what I said, and my word is good. I'd have shoved that microphone up his ass if he would have said that to me. You saw what he did. He sat there and it was a good move. When Dana White was asked about the bout, he says, I think that some of the stuff he said has got Anderson fired up and wanting to do this fight. It sounds like a great idea. We'll see what happens. I think I think people and Anderson both want this Chael Sonnen fight. Sonnen was asked about Vitor Belfort. He goes, I forgive Vitor. He's a fool. He knows not what he says. He can't hold, You can't hold a fool accountable because he got a little stupid in the media one time. First off, if my name comes out of his mouth again, I'll bury him where he stands. Second off, second off, tell Vitor to meet me at the hotel in 30 minutes because daddy's got a plane to catch and I'm summoning him to carry my luggage. Ah, God bless Chael Sonnen sometimes with his shit talking because it really is on a whole other level of ridiculousness. Brock Lesnar and the WWE, not in the way that you think. I published this on our Facebook fan page. Brock Lesnar will be returning to the WWE in video game form. Brock Lesnar will be a playable character in WWE 12. Lesnar was approached by Yukes, the games developer, early in January about being in the game. Lesnar was receptive to the offer, but he wanted to confirm that the UFC had no issues with it. UFC President Dana White gave his approval, telling TMZ, I love WWE and I have nothing but love for Vince McMahon. I'm totally okay with Brock being in the game. Lesnar, as many of you know, left the WWE in 2004 and has been with the UFC since 2008. In some strike force news, as I mentioned earlier, Gilbert Melendez, Gilbert Melendez will not be moving to the UFC before December 17th fight with Jorge Masvidal. Melendez versus Masvidal will be taking place officially December 17th. Also on that card, KJ Noons is going to be is rumored to be. Uh, participating in that event as well and that will be on showtime as of right now it's going to be it was supposed to have happened at strike force miami but it's going to be happening on a showtime event at the valley view casino in san diego seems that the ufc wasn't comfortable with the nine o'clock slot for their pay-per-views they will be returning to a 10 p.m start time for ufc 141 it's been rumored that the 9 p.m. start time, which started with UFC 129, was that there was a sizable pay-per-view revenue decline in recent months. Take a, Make of that what you will. I honestly think that starting at 9 o'clock was better because the three hours you were done by midnight, a lot of times they started at 10 and most people started tapping out around 12, and they'd miss some of the great fights at 1 o'clock in the morning, so i don't know we'll see if the revenue goes up i personally liked the ufc being on at nine but hey you can't win them all can you all right we got some wrestling we got to cover monday night raw and a couple of other things let's just get right into it
1: the world wrestling federation for over 50 years the revolutionary force in sports entertainment
0: all right on the wrestling side of things i'm going to open up with monday night raw um you know, here's a, here's a funny thing about Monday Night Raw. For every two or three Raws that are good, most are subpar and a couple are downright awful. Now, the WWE was borrowing from the Occupy Wall Street fiasco by doing an Occupy Raw hashtag on Twitter. Obviously, Triple H's vote of no confidence being the main, the main issue to start things off on Raw this week triple h started raw he pretty much said i don't give a fuck that you assholes walked out and with that a couple of wrestlers showed their face supporting triple h sheamus john cena uh cm punk which of course had the opportunity to do some commentary because triple h decided john cena would take on sheamus triple h would referee and cm punk would do color commentary and for as hokey as it was cm punk is comedy gold i swear that's a guy that when his career is up has a future in color commentary because he is hilarious but besides that this episode of raw also welcomed back vince mcmahon now vince mcmahon came back to inform triple h as per the wwe board that his services will no longer be required of course this is obviously repaying Triple H for Triple H firing him a couple of weeks back. Now, with that said, Triple H is out. Vince McMahon then announces that there will be an official Raw GM named at a later date, but until then, an interim Raw general manager is going to be named. And of course, uh, in a move that everybody knew was coming, John Laurinaitis was named general manager, well, interim general manager of Raw. And of course, he comes out... I'm so glad that I can have this opportunity because I talk like a complete fucking jerk-off, and I have absolutely nothing to do because I suck any heat out of a segment. Seriously, John John Laurinaitis, it, we knew they were going to go that route, and they were trying to bring him into the storylines, but what was wrong with leaving Triple H in charge for a little bit? You could have done so much more with it, but again, WWE... They're not fans of the slow burn. They actually are more in in tune with we're going to start a slow burn, put the burner on high, and then when the pot slowly starts to boil over, we'll turn it all the way back down to to low. That's what it is. They got all this heat going with Triple H becoming GM and the conspiracy theory and uh, Miz and and R-Truth attacking the wrestlers and attacking the refs and the cameramen. It was great. It added a little bit more of an edge to the product. But then they came back and they were like, yeah, you know, we're just going to go and we're just going to take Triple H out of that and uh, put Johnny Ace in charge. I don't know. I'm not really a fan of where this is going. I can only hope that we get to see some some great mic work from CM Punk, especially with, against Johnny Ace, just because CM Punk is the fucking man. He is one of the most consistently entertaining talkers on the Raw brand right now. But going through it, I just want to pluck a couple of things. Like I said, John Cena and Sheamus, that went to a no contest. John Morrison comes in from with the rest of the superstars that were being welcomed back by Mr. Future Endeavors himself. And um, John Morrison pretty much talked some shit and conveniently enough got put into a match against Christian. Christian won the match and proceeded to whoop John Morrison's ass with Jack Swagger, uh, Cody Rhodes and Dolph Ziggler, which obviously is a little faction they're putting together with Vicky Guerrero. But the, the amusing thing about this to me wasn't just the fact that it was Morrison still in street clothes against Christian still still in street clothes. It was just the fact that John Morrison continues to get his ass whooped every week by anybody and everybody. Clearly, they're trying to make a statement. It's been rumored that his contract is going to be up soon and he may not be renewing. I just think that John Morrison has a tremendous upside. I think that his personal issues and his uh, the girl that he dates have played a big role in where his career is gone. I can only hope that the WWE looks beyond that petty shit and realizes that they have a, a solid talent that just needs a little bit more seasoning and needs to tighten up his mic work and I can definitely see him in the upper card and hell I think that if you push him right and he works well he I I wouldn't be shocked seeing John Morrison in a in a WrestleMania main event within the next I don't know 5 years just throwing that out there now we got another wash rinse and repeat match with Mark Henry and Randy Orton which ended with involvement from Cody Rhodes clearly setting up a feud between Randy Orton and Cody, which is fine. I think Cody Rhodes needs this because his twisted, mask-wearing persona is just wearing thin because he doesn't have somebody uh, as sadistic as his persona to compete against. Randy Orton, of course, with the voices and the apex predator persona that he has is a viable opponent. Not only that, but it can help elevate Cody Rhodes. Next up, kelly kelly and eve torres against rosa mendez and tamina super shocked that we actually saw two different divas wrestle in this match it is as you would expect a complete train wreck kelly kelly and eve torres win and uh i don't know i don't know what they want to do i don't know what they want to do with kelly kelly uh, she, you know she went all crazy last week beating up beth phoenix I don't know I'm just not sold on it and I seriously think that Rosa Mendez needs a lot more improvement in the ring before she's out there consistently Tamina they can do so much with her I think that Tamina's character can be booked as a monster heel she's one of the bigger divas you know a la awesome Kong not not as extreme to awesome Kong's size but definitely a bigger diva that you can do a lot with and she's a you know a second generation superstar that you can do something with she's another second generation diva being daughter of superfly snooker you got they need to introduce shit like that into the storyline and add and add to that i think that she is a, a great addition to the roster and just on name alone you can do a lot with her she just needs a little bit more ring work but i see her being a, a, a great opponent for the likes of a natalia and a beth phoenix but she needs more ring time she needs more tv time just so that fans can connect with her better. Of course, it wouldn't be a Raw in Oklahoma City without something happening to JR. I've learned over the years that whenever Raw is in JR's hometown, JR gets beat up, JR gets embarrassed, and in this particular case, JR was fired by Johnny Ace. Now, it's been said that Jim Ross was not made aware of this prior to the Raw episode. Who knows? But the look on his face was just shock he just you know he, he he tipped his hat and he walked out like you didn't ex- you didn't get like a canned promo style response jr just they were like you're fired and jr's like all right thanks have a nice day i don't know man it was weird it was weird mason ryan and air boom against jack swagger Otunga and dolph ziggler something tells me that uh our buddy Evan Bourne got injured in this match especially after what I read about Smackdown because when the match ended Evan Bourne was laying outside of the ring for a couple of minutes he definitely took a hard bump from Jack Swagger hopefully he's okay and he was just a little rattled but from what I've heard he is not on Smackdown this week so make of it what you will Air Boom and Mason Ryan won the match Mason Ryan is definitely the new Batista right down to the tribal tights I think that they're working on having him grow his hair out a little more so he looks less like Batista. That at least that's that's what I'm gathering from it. Who knows? And even Batista doesn't look like Batista anymore. I saw a photo. He has a Mohawk and like a thousand tattoos now, so totally different than what you're used to, and that's a, a whole other story. Del Rio and Punk is exactly what you would expect, just uh cannon fodder to uh heat up their feud that they're working on which johnny ace came out came out and stopped mid-match and decided to do del rio and punk against truth and Miz. uh punk and del rio win the match via dq uh of course cm punk catches an ass whooping but triple h comes in for the save no longer corporate triple h but regular king of kings i wear tight denim jeans and a t-shirt triple h he came out for the save we cut to the back with Otunga drinking a fucking smoothie or whatever the fuck he was doing, and Johnny Ace decides to make Triple H and John and CM Punk against The Miz and R Truth at Vengeance, cause I'm the interim RAW GM. Ugh, fuck you. And we all knew that we all knew that they were going to. Uh, we always knew that Triple H was going to be back in the ring a lot sooner, but. They decided vengeance was going to be the quote unquote game's return to the ring, even though you know he clearly had a match with CM Punk that everybody forgot about. But yeah, you know this is an official return. I swear they can't never get they they can't get their shit straight. They can't. Moving on, Darren Young took to Twitter to address the WWE universe for his wellness suspension. He addressed them as such. To the WWE universe, I sincerely apologize to my. Le- I sincerely apologize. I apologize to my loving family, my supportive friends back up north, my peers who I have an incredible amount of respect for from top to bottom, and to all my fans. I hear you loud and clear, WWE. I take full responsibility for my actions, as this will never occur again. I love the WWE, and the worst thing they can do to me is keep me off that stage where I own it in that ring. I accept this setback as a normal part of living, making a mental note of a lesson that I have learned. You know, I mean, it's cool. He went, he took accountability for it. Who knows what he tested positive for? Might have been diuretics, may have been fat burners, may have been uh, D-balls. Who knows? May have been weed. He may be a pothead. Who the fuck knows? But it's, it's nice to see a guy not going the route of selling it with a, oh, well, you know, uh, I didn't mean to, or it was a mistake, or he was like, look, I fucked up, I'm sorry, and that was it. Somebody who I would never have thought to be talking about in the news is Tyson Tomko. If you remember, Tyson Tomko was Christian's bodyguard during his tenure in the WWE. He was also affiliated with Christian during Christian's TNA run, etc., etc., etc. TMZ picked up a report that Tomko was arrested. And he was arrested on the suspicion of robbing a CVS pharmacy on October 10th where he threatened to attack a pharmacist unless he got several bottles of oxycodone. The pharmacist says that Tomko got away with 210 tablets. Tomko was later arrested in a bathroom of a local Chili's, and when the cops arrived, Tomko had needle marks and blood running down his arm. He had just flushed something down the toilet and was taken into custody, and he told police he had a severe drug problem. According to the police, Tomko admitted to taking the pills and said he crushed up and melted down one hundred and seventy eight of the oxycodone, which he then injected. He said he didn't threaten the pharmacist, though his bond has been set at seventy five hundred dollars. This is some crazy shit, man, like that like every couple of months you expect some crazy story involving a wrestler, but this is nuts from from robbing a pharmacy to melting down oxycodone, which is some serious shit. You are injecting 178 tablets into your bloodstream and you don't expect to not keel over dead? Who knows? Maybe if he would have injected some more or he could have got, you know, he could have got a an air, bu- an air bubble in a vein. Holy shit, man. Hopefully, you know, he gets himself checked into rehab and we don't end up reading about Tomco on a fucking dirt sheet in a couple of weeks. That's going to wrap up the wrestling for this week. We are going to head right into some video games right after this break.
1: You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in, like, really high voices, like... Well, you won't listen to that on our show because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So, um, you're really looking for a show like that that has horrible audio quality and, uh void of fake laughter video game news radio 11 p.m tuesday nights on all games
0: all right i played this the the vgn commercial for two reasons number one obviously to promote vgn number two i forgot to tell you guys earlier that our buddies from vgn are coming up to new york to visit yours truly uh and also to attend the new york comic con kevin uh jedi And I've heard another party is going to be attending. I'm not going to divulge that name given that, you know, he was kind of secretive about it. But if he comes up, it'll be great. This will be the first time that MTR and VGN meet face to face, even though I've known these guys for uh, 2006, five years, almost six years now. This will be the first time that VGN and MTR are in the same place. So expect shenanigans from that as well. So I figured I'd share that with you guys and you can be on the lookout for stuff from VGN and MTR over the course of the weekend. Now let's talk some games, because there's a lot to discuss. If I can get this, uh, music to play, that would be fantastic. <laughs> For those of you that are in the New York area, Joystick is reporting that Batman Arkham City City, will be available a bit early at the Times Square Toys R Us. The store is going to have 500 copies to sell at 4 p.m. on October 17th, the day before release. Out of those, 100 will go to the first ones who pre-order the game from the store's personal shopping department. Those pre-orders can also get autographs by Jim Lee kevin and kevin kevin conroy and sefton hill the game director of rocksteady the other 400 will be available for purchase that day so if you're in new york city head over to toys r us four o'clock on the 17th pre-order the game through the personal shopping department you'll get uh, one of 100 copies that you can have autographed by jim lee kevin conroy and sefton hill that's some amazing shit if i didn't have to work I would definitely head into the city for that. Uh, Huge Jim Lee fan. Kevin Conroy's work as Batman is is legendary. So those are two awesome signatures I would love to have on Arkham City. Both those guys are going to be at Comic-Con this weekend. So who knows? Maybe I'll get Kevin Conroy to autograph something for me. Who knows? Maybe we'll get Kevin Conroy on the show. Stranger things have happened. Major Nelson reported on his blog that the UFC will be launching on Xbox Live December 1st. Some of the features you can expect are the following. Live on-demand video, event previews, UFC countdowns, press conferences, weigh-ins, interviews, workouts, highlights, and more. All of it will be streaming in high-quality 720p. In addition to that, you will get pay-per-view access as well. You'll be able to order the biggest pay-per-view fights on Xbox Live in HD and standard definition pricing options. You can purchase directly with your credit card and Microsoft points are not required. In addition to that, they will be doing interactive fight cards with predictions. You'll be able to size up the fighters with Tail of the Tape, predict upcoming fights, you'll compare results with friends for points and bragging rights and see where you stand with them on a leaderboard. All accessible while watching the fight so you'll never even have to leave The pay per view or fight screen, you'll be able to see all those stats in real time. They are also going to be adding connect interaction. You'll be able to focus on the fight instead of looking for a remote. You'll be able to use it to navigate through video content, pull up the interactive fight card, play, pause, and rewind your favorite punches, kicks, and submissions all with connect. UFC 140 will be the first live pay per view to be available for order on Xbox Live. That's going to have the main event of John Jones and Lyoto Machida. You're also going to have the uh, rematch between former heavyweights Frank Mir and Antonio Nogueira as well. So be on the lookout for that December 1st. A must-have for any MMA fan. I'm sure that for guys like Slick, who um, we don't get to watch fights often, he has another avenue to watch the UFC on his Xbox. Not only that, most times we watch the fights together, have a couple of laughs, get a pizza, so... I mean it's a, it's a great thing to have and it opens up the UFC to countless casual fans that may not have ever seen may never have seen MMA or who have just a, a minimal understanding of the sport. So great move by by Xbox, great move by the UFC and you'll be able to check that out December 1st. Silent Hill fan, Silent Hill fans that were looking forward to Silent Hill Downpour Unfortunately, it's been pushed out of 2011 and will now be available during the first quarter of 2012. In some Mass Effect news, BioWare has announced multiplayer for Mass Effect 3. You're going to have four-player co-op that's going to be taking place outside of the single-player mode, but will tie into single-player, according to BioWare. BioWare states that players can choose from a variety of classes and races, form an elite Special Forces squad, and combine their weapons powers and well combine their weapons powers and abilities to devastating effect as they fight together to liberate key territories from enemy control lastly included co-op is available in galaxy at war which is a system that will change shepherds galactus galactic readiness level more information will be available as it comes out for those of you hit still killing zombies in dead island you'll be able to get yourself some dead island downloadable content in mid-november the content is going to be called the bloodbath arena and it's going to be free for those that pre-order the game from gamestop and ten dollars for everyone else the downloadable content will have players trying to survive waves of zombies it adds four new areas new weapons and lets the xp be transferred to the original game in some other xbox news the fall dashboard for xbox 360 will be will include a modified version of microsoft's Silverlight technology The Silverlight technology will incorporate Kinect's voice and motion gesture controls. In addition to that, any third-party partners will be using Apple's HTTP live streaming. It's been rumored that that full dashboard update will be released on Black Friday. So keep an eye out for that. If you're going to be picking up Goldeneye 007 Reloaded, they've released some detail on some pre-order bonuses, which I figured I'd share with you guys. If you pre-order the game through LameStop, you'll be able to get the paintball mode, for local split screen and private online matches. You'll also get early access to classic conflict mode for public and private online matches. Lastly, if you pre-order through Amazon, you'll get the basic Moonraker laser rifle skin. In some acquisition news, and I'm not shocked at this at all about this at all, Microsoft has announced that they have acquired Twisted Pixel. According to the CEO of Mike Wilford, the purchase will let the company make bigger games later down the line. So for those of you that are fans of Splosion Man and Mrs. Splosion Man, they are now part of the Microsoft family. So congrats to Twisted Pixel, and I wish them the best of luck. Sega has recently announced that they will be releasing Daytona USA for the PSN and Xbox Live Arcade. The game is set for release on October 25th here in the States, and Europe will be getting it in late November. The game's going to run you ten bucks. Have full steering wheel support, eight-player eight-player online multiplayer. You're also going to get you're also getting an enhanced widescreen format and also a karaoke mode for the soundtrack. So uh, there you go, folks. Daytona USA from Sega, ten bucks. October 25th and late November in Europe. To close out the video game news, Nintendo has announced a new Wii bundle. I can hear the countless people cheering for joy at this announcement. This new Wii bundle will include a Black Wii, Black Wii Remote Plus, Black Nunchuck, New Super Mario Brothers Wii, and Super Mario Galaxy's soundtrack. However, this particular system will lose its Game Boy, uh, Game Boy, its GameCube support, and will only sit horizontally, not vertically. The system is going to be available for 150 bucks on October 23rd. The funny thing is that you're going to pay $150 to get this system, but the same bundle with with GameCube support and Mario Kart Wii is still available. So, figured you guys would want to think about that if you are on the fence about picking up a Wii. Just letting you know. That's going to wrap up the video game news for this week. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we are going to talk some movies right after this. The following advertisement
1: is for bornstubbornradio.com Born Stubborn Radio. We like news. We like current events. But we like the fucked up news and the fucked up current events. Born Stubborn Radio. We talk about everything in entertainment. We talk about movies. We talk about music. Mostly heavy stuff. Have good marsh pitting. And because we're big fucking nerds, we talk about video games. <laughs> we're big fucking married. We love video games. Fuck's sake, man! Right? Rich loves the show. Yeah. Hey, Rich, you like the show, don't you? Yeah, man. Are you sure you like the show? Yeah, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the music. Isn't Born Seven Radio one of your favorite podcasts? Yeah, man. Awesome. Okay, hold on a second. But I was just curious. I'm thinking about coming to New York. Awesome. You live in New York, right? Yeah. You think maybe I could uh, crash on your couch? Uh,
0: in the predominantly Asian neighborhoods. There's, like, fucking 20 of them shits.
1: Um, Rich, I love you, but I don't know what the fuck you just said. In the Asian neighborhoods, there's, like, fucking 20 of them shit. Exactly. Okay, I, I don't know what Rich is thinking, but pornstepper and radio.com is where you should be going right now.
0: And good night, baby! All right, and with that, let's get right into the movies. Boy, oh boy, do we have some what-the-fuck movie news for you guys this week. But let's start things off with some box office totals. Real Steel was number one this week, which I reviewed on MyTakeRadio.com, making $23.7 million in its opening weekend. The Ides of March was number two. Dolphin Tail was number three. Moneyball was four. 50-50 was five. Courageous was six. The Lion King 3D was seven. I just want to share this number with you. The Lion King is a substantially old movie. Substantially old. $4.6 million it made. It's made $414.5 million total. So, just some food for thought for you guys. Dreamhouse was number 8. What's Your Number was number 9. Abduction was number 10. Now, here's the first bit of What the Fuck movie news, which I'm sure strider and slick are going to get a huge kick out of deadline.com is reporting that universal pictures is in the process of developing the best man Two, which obviously besides being a sequel to a movie very few people really gave a shit about is going to be released 12 years after the original malcolm d lee the writer and director of the original will be writing and directing the sequel as of right now, there have been no official negotiations, but the, ofi- the original cast, Tay Diggs, Nia Long, Morris Chestnut, Terrence Howard, Sanaa Lathan, and Harold Perrineau, are expected to return. So, yeah, let's just make a sequel to a movie that came out more than a decade ago, because I'm sure everybody's going to give a fuck about it. I'm sure everybody cares about what Tay Diggs, Nia Long, Morris Chestnut, Terrence Howard, Sanaa Lathan, and Harold Perrineau are doing nobody gives a shit seriously 12 years fuck out of here with that javier bardem has confirmed that he will be playing the villain in the upcoming bond 23 which is said to be filming soon uh, with a with an expected november 9th 2012 release date he gave a little bit of a comment not elaborating on much of his character's involvement in the story but he did say the following I'm very excited, my parents took me to watch the movies, I saw all of them, so to play this is going to be fun. They chose me to play this man, but I cannot give you many details. So obviously, if you want to get more fucking vague, that's about as vague as you can get. Next up, this falls under the TV news category, but you can just call it a TV what the fuck movie news, because... (sighs) I should have drank some water for this, but... Lifetime, you know, that network is putting together a remake of the 1989 Julia Roberts film Steel Magnolias. But it's not just going to be a remake of Steel Magnolias. According to Deadline, this film, well this uh this film is going to be a contemporary remake and will feature an all-black cast. Really? D- didn't didn't doesn't Tyler Perry have this shit covered? That now we're going to get a remake of Steel Magnolias with, uh, with an all-black cast. Like, anybody gives a shit about Steel Magnolias to the point where it deserves a remake. And not only that, but you're going to cater it to a completely new demographic that probably didn't even give a fuck about the original Steel Magnolias. Which my mom watched at least twice, I think, on cable. And my mom wasn't big on on movies that were... She liked to watch a lot more of the Spanish language stuff. She watched a, a lot of other movies, but she watched this shit, and she, the only reason she watched it, she was like, I want to watch it because the old ladies are funny. That was her excuse for watching it. But, ugh, Really? An all-black remake of Steel Magnolias? That's, that's what we're going with? But, it gets better. Here's another bit of what-the-fuck movie news for you guys to chomp on. Tim Rothman, co-chairman and chief executive officer of Fox Films Entertainment Division, announced today... That Die Hard 5 has officially been titled. And you're going to love this. And I'm sure that Slick and Strider are going to make a lot of jokes. The Die Hard 5 is going to be called A Good Day to Die Hard. Shouldn't I be watching this on Cinemax? Or possibly Spice? Because seriously, that sounds like the name of a porno. Today's a good day to die hard. I guarantee you this movie will be spoofed. And they won't even change the title. They will not even change the title. It's going to be a good day to die hard. He also went on record as saying that the story is going to be taking place in Russia and will center on John McClane's efforts to save his son, John McClane Jr., from an international threat. You can expect that lovely film, Valentine's Day, 2013. Now, the last bit of What the Fuck movie news, and I, I sincerely hope Slick Slick needs to call in right after I finish reading this, because he much like me and countless others, are going to do a double take when they hear this. Many of you obviously know Joel Schumacher for all the wonderful Batman movies that he made, including the ones that involve Batman having nipples. You guys remember those, those great Oscar-worthy classics? They were fantastic, weren't they? Get this shit Joe Schumacher says that he feels that Val Kilmer was the best film Batman of all time. Schumacher, who reportedly clashed often with Kilmer on set to the point of a rumored physical alterca- altercation, told entertainment weekly that he thinks Kilmer was the best actor to embody the character. He goes on to state for me, Val Kilmer was the best Batman. I thought he looked great in the costume. I thought he brought a, He brought depth to the role I thought the relationship between Val and Nicole Nicole Kidman was extremely sexy. Schumacher had originally told Premiere in 1997 that, you know, shortly after Kilmer was released and George Clooney was signed, that Val is the most psychologically troubled human being I've ever worked with. I think he needs help, and also noted that he sort of quit and we sort of fired him. So, think about that. This fucking douchebag... You know, shortly after Batman, Tim Burton's Batman 1 and Batman Returns came out and were great, he decides to take over the franchise. You know, he gives the Batman costume nipples. He makes Robin's costume look completely fucking stupid. Uh, Mr. Freeze looks like a complete jerk off. Uma Thurman's poison ivy was suspect at best. Bane was god awful. Let's 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 just discuss all that shit. And yeah, yeah. Val Kilmer was great. He was fantastic. The only thing that saved that movie wasn't even Val Kilmer, but it was everyone else. the fuck out of here. Let me bring Slick on so we can close this out in style. (laughs) Slick, what do you got, brother? Tell me this is not the biggest steaming pile of horse shit you have heard. This motherfucker sits there, and says that Val Kilmer was the best film Batman? Is he fucking insane?
1: How could Val Kilmer be the best Batman in one of the worst Batman movies ever? I'm gonna put it to you like this. That steaming pile of shit. And I'm not even trying to down this guy, but it was a joke. I mean, Adam West was a better fucking Batman.
0: There you go. Which, by the way, I got I to gotta throw some some kudos to, to douchebag Cliffy B, because he said that one of the skins in Arkham City should have been 1966 Batman, and whenever you hit the bad guys, the word bubbles would pop up. And I thought to myself, that would be kind of badass. A little off topic, but I figured I'd share. It would be badass, wouldn't it? <laughs> Doing the Bat too for no reason, just randomly. But but on, on another note, like I don't know what Joe Schumacher. I think he's just doing it to stay relevant. But last I checked, the way I group Batman actors, honestly, is um, <sighs> fuck, really I can't. Chris, I can't. Christian Bale. Christian Bale was number is number one. Michael Keaton is number two. George Clooney is three. Adam
1: West is number three, and the rest don't fucking matter.
0: Well, no, I'm not, I didn't cite Adam West only because from a TV, I mean, yeah, he did the main movie, but I'm just citing main, main actors, you know? Okay. But Bale was first. After Michael Keaton, the rest don't fucking matter. Well, Clooney was okay. I think that the only problem, the only problem for me with Clooney was that they kept trying to make Batman funny. It's like Batman's not funny, never has been. Batman rarely fucking smiles, if ever. Why would you want to try to make him funny? And I forgot which movie was it. it I think it was the one with Poison Ivy where they had the waxed lips on, so her, so so they wouldn't so they wouldn't get fucking her her powers wouldn't fuck them up. I was dumbfounded when I saw that. I'm like, really waxed lips? That's what you went with? I'm horrified. I'm horrified that this guy would genuinely sit there. I, I mean, like I said, it. I think it's an attempt just to be in the news, but fuck, dude. How, how dare you sit there and say that Val Kilmer was the best Batman? You must be high off your ass.
1: That's the thing. I don't want to shit on Val Kilmer or George Clooney. It's just the roles they played. Yep. In that sense, they don't fucking matter.
0: They weren't solid at all in that. I mean, you know, I think they I think what happened was they went beyond just one. They wanted to cast a guy that was more Bruce Wayne than Batman. That's how I always looked at it, because, you know, you look at Val Kilmer when he did that movie, you know, Val Kilmer was a bad motherfucker. You know, he wasn't an ugly dude. He knew how to dress, but they wanted more Bruce Wayne, less Batman. Same thing with Clooney, like George, George Clooney. He, just as an actor just as a human being is a guy who, who who get who you know gets laid women love him the motherfucker just never ages you know he's just he's just that guy he's like the sean connery of this generation he's just a guy that you know women love and he, any he, and he's a great he's a great actor but he's just not batman material like i never i never envisioned george clooney as being a physical actor
1: I can't even say that he's not
0: Batman material because he's never had a chance to be Batman. He spent more he spent more time that's being the best Bruce Wayne. Thing I can say for him. That's the best thing I can say for
1: him in that movie. He's never had a chance to be Batman because those movies were just fucking awful.
0: Yeah, the movies themselves were just written like utter dog shit, which is, you know, if we get into the, the semantics of, of, of the writing and the plot, ugh, they were shit. But in terms of just acting caliber, George Clooney was, like I said, more more Bruce, less Batman. If you wanted to talk about a guy who they should have thought of, and this was years ago before he got fat, I would have honestly made Alec Baldwin Batman after seeing him in the shadow. That's, that's how I see it. I
1: mean, had he been around the time, if Christian Bale had been in that costume... He
0: wouldn't matter. Yeah, Christian Bale wouldn't have mattered because the problem the problem is that no matter how good of a cal, how how great of a caliber the actor is, if the story is shit and the direction is garbage, it's it's gonna it's gonna outweigh the 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 beauty of the, of the character. Like one of the big gripes I get with with a with a film that that's a great example is Wolverine. You look at Wolverine. Wolverine's a fun popcorn flick. But, it's, but it's, it's dwindled by the fact that they catered it to the, to the I want to sell toys to the kids audience. Which, you know, we all know is not the correct interpretation, but it is what it is. But it falls into that same category. Batman is a, a dark, violent character driven by revenge, driven by vengeance. But they wanted to invest so much time in making him fucking funny that they lost sight of that.
1: I mean, even now, you think about it, the two Batman movies that have come out, and, like, the biggest draw for them is not Batman right now, it's the Joker. I mean, granted, I'm going to say, I I really like Christian Bale in both movies, but as good as he is as Batman, the most memorable thing you can say about his character, and I'm just being honest, is the fact that you have... This giant, dark, menacing figure hanging over you, mumbling at you with a fucking lisp. <laughs> it's like you don't know whether to be terrified or to bust out laughing in his face and lisp getting your teeth punched in.
0: Well, you know what the problem was with that. I think that to go to go in the realistic, you know, to go in the, into the realistic realm of things, you realize that. If you're Batman and you talk as Batman and somebody hears that same voice, they're going to be like, Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same dude. It's, you know, it's just an unmistakableness of the voice. Now, in terms of him altering the voice, yeah, they could have probably found another way to do it. The, you know, Lucius Fox makes a thousand other gadgets. You mean to tell me that he can't give you something that'll change your voice a little bit and make you not sound like Clint Eastwood? Seriously. like well,
1: he, gave, he could have given the dude the thing that they give people with Tricky Adamant
0: swear to me oh my god (laughs) swear to me my name is kane i am a rudy pooh candy ass look it's the bat symbol seriously though i mean you could have done something like that and it would have played it off a little bit more believable i just feel that that's the only slight blemish on christian bale's portrayal of batman and it's always going to be the voice because the voice is, is something he's he's working on. Something tells me that by the time they get to this third film, he's gonna have he he will have mastered that finally. Cause it's like anything else. You know, you get you know, you put on a pair of shoes and you learn how to walk in them and you and until the shoes adjust to your feet. Same thing with Batman. The Batman character, you need that, that second that second or third film to really help you hit your stride. This goes back to the same thing with Michael Keaton. When Michael Keaton was the first Batman he he made the character his own, he played him well, he added a, cu- a couple of subtle touches, but in the second movie, you notice that the costume got changed, he was able to turn his head, instead of moving his entire body to defend himself. It's like anything else, they find the strengths, and the, and they build on them, and then they work out some of the kinks that happened in previous films. I think that with all the shit that Christian Bale has gotten for the voice of Batman, something tells me they're going to definitely improve that Come the third one, because then nobody wants to get clowned for that. True
1: that.
0: I think I think it's just a matter of 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 the of him adjusting uh, to to the role. And even though this may be the final Batman, I think that he's gonna make sure to go out there and give a better performance because Heath Ledger stole the rug right out from under him <laughs> in the second one. So. He's not trying to be that guy in the third one. He's going to make sure to come in there and be the centerpiece of this film.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're the star of the movie. You want people talking about you, not. I mean, not even because he passed away, but I mean, even if he was still alive, people would have been talking about Heath Ledger more than they were talking about Christian Bale.
0: I agree a hundred percent, and I think I think that Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's legacy as the Joker would have grown even more so had he still been alive because you ask yourself this question. If this was him now playing the Joker in such a masterful way before he died, what more can he have added to that character had he still been alive? Like imagine, just just think of it like that. Imagine the level of insanity that he would have taken the Joker to had he still been alive to, like, like I said with Batman, while had he been alive to continue evolving in that role, I think try to hit the nail on the head. Which Pull is
1: Batman a, on him and make Batman black.
0: At this point, dude, it, you know what's funny? If you really just want to piss people off, that seems to be the name of the game. You either got to make them a, a minority or a homosexual. One of the two. You want to piss people off, you gotta do one or the other. I remember and and this is digging in the crates, when Sherlock Holmes was originally slated to excuse me, be released in theaters, there was a, a rumor that they wanted to make Holmes and Watson gay. And of course, you know, people bitched and complained and blah, 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 blah. But even if they would have gone that route, it wouldn't have mattered because the story was so well written. You see how, how sometimes writing outweighs anything else?
1: But that's just the thing. I try to really get hit it on the head because more so than Spider-Man, it, it's been said in the books and on the show, it's like Batman isn't even about Bruce Wayne. It's about what Batman represents.
0: Yep. Batman like, is about revenge.
1: Anybody can be in
0: the suit. That's right. I liked I liked a poster I saw on Facebook today that somebody made up, and it said greatest. It had a picture of Batman and Iron Man, and it said greatest superpower ever, money. (laughs) 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 And I had quite a chuckle because I was like, "Fuck, man." In, In a way, they're right, but that's a that's a separate story. But I wanted to share that with you because Joe Schumacher to step out and and say something like this at this juncture is only because he wanted to be in the news because the new Batman film is being made. What the fuck has he done lately to make you even remotely give a fuck about him? He is a hack.
1: Very awful, very true. When you you put Iron Man and Batman side by side, Iron Man kind of makes fun of Batman because... Everybody knows who Iron Man is because he still basically exposed himself, but in the Batman story, nobody can figure out who Batman is
0: well Batman well
1: seven year old kids figure out who Batman and Robin are
0: well you know what the what the what the, the the parallel of that of those two characters is the fact that you're playing also on the fact that Tony Stark is still a narcissist. You know what I mean? Like Bruce Wayne, don't get me wrong, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is rich and he likes having money, but he's not going out of his way to show that he has it. Like, don't get me wrong, I always feel that Bruce Wayne is always Batman, and Bruce Wayne is his all is his persona. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Batman is the what Bruce Wayne really is, and and Millionaire Playboy is his alter ego. Because when you see the books and even in the movie, you know, when uh when he was gonna get ready, Alfred is like, yo, go out, spend some money. You know, play the role. That's when he rolled up into uh to meet uh Harvey Dent. You know, he had the two the the, the Russian model with him and the chick got in the pool and you know, he bought the restaurant. Like that that's always gonna be you know, that's always gonna be one of those things that I've always liked about the Batman character. It's the the fact that it's a story of vengeance any way you slice it. And it's and it's that vengeance that drives him to be, you know, the hero that, that everybody loves, even though he's a hero that's flawed. Tony Stark is different. Tony Stark is super smart, decided to do good with his genius, but couple that with the fact that he's a narcissist, likes getting laid, and at one point was an alcoholic, and you got a recipe for a, a, a substantially flawed hero... That actually outweighs some of Batman's flaws, because this is a guy that it, that will endanger anybody because he'll be drunk inside his suit, which is the equivalent of a fucking atom bomb, you know. I
1: guess that's why the Batman and Iron Man movies do so
0: well. Well, I think that they also do well because it's easy for people to relate to certain aspects of their character. I think that if you've been wronged as a, as an individual. By someone else whether it's whether you're a victim of a crime um, you know whether it's a child a a crime committed upon you when you were a child or even as an adult there's always that that sliver of vengeance that lives within you and Batman was just a guy who took his vengeance to another level to protect everybody else from becoming what he's become like there's a lot of there's a lot of deep psychological shit with Batman's character when you look at it because it's like yo he is a completely fucking psycho dude, like being Bruce Wayne I think is what makes him what what keeps him level, but you know we could fucking sit here and and talk Batman the whole night, but I just wanted you to to come in and help me wrap this up with uh Joel Schumacher. <laughs>
1: Joel
0: Schumacher. There you go. All right, brother. Anything else you want to add? No. I'll talk
1: to you later, man.
0: All right, brother. Peace.
1: Peace.
0: All right, folks, that's actually going to wrap up the show for this week. Nice and short, a day early. Be on the lookout for all our Comic-Con coverage this weekend. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and I will run through the usual stick right now. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 111 for Wednesday, October 12th, 2011. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio or for our interview series, My Take Radio Beyond the Mic or My Take Radio Behind the Mic, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter twitter.com forward slash mytakeradio. We are also on MySpace, which at this point, who the fuck knows what they're doing with that. Follow us on Facebook, become a fan, facebook.com forward slash MyTakeRadio. If you got any questions that are, you know, video game, comic related, wrestling, etc., you can hit us up on Formspring, formspring formspring.me forward slash MyTakeRadio. Make sure to check out our apps. You can download them on the Android or iOS marketplaces, iOS, of course, being iTunes, Android being the Android market or the Amazon marketplace. You can also find us on AppBrain as well. Listen to MTR on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Zune Marketplace, Blueberry, and a couple of other podcatchers that are out there. And last but not least, you can stream MTR right to your mobile device with the Stitcher app. Stitcher.com forward slash my enter my take as the promo code and you'll be entered to win a $100 gift card from our friends at Stitcher. Again, you can get the Stitcher app by looking for it on iTunes, looking for it on Android, or getting it directly from the Stitcher website, stitcher.com forward slash my take. Make sure to enter that promo code and you can win yourself 100 bucks. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Take care of yourselves. I will see you guys next week. Be on the lookout for our two interviews, which are exclusive for Stitcher and MTR app owners. Peace. Taking us out this week is probably going to be—I'm thinking—we should just go out with Mission Two from, Contrafor- from Contraforce by Nick Perrin. Will be taking us out this week. You can get that at OC Remix. Thank